Halleluja. Halleluja. In that song, we sang, I love you, Lord. The Bible says very specifically, we'll let the kids settle just a little bit. (laughs) The Bible says very specifically that the love that we have one for another displays how we love the Lord, how we love God. We can't love God who we can't see unless we love our brother who we can see. This journey that we're on spiritually as we walk the Christian faith in this life can only be proved out relationally. There has to be relationship. So we have our brothers and sisters in church. We have the folks that we work with. Um, We have people that we share a common faith with. Absolutely. But Jesus raised the bar and told us that we must love even those who we disagree with. Those who have put themselves at enmity with us. Amen? That That takes the next level. It's easy to love those who have this like faith that we do. It's easy to love those who are our brothers and our sisters. A little bit harder to love those who put themselves at enmity with us. So I pray for the next level faith for all of us. Yes, certainly for the first level. I mean, there's some that we still need to practice that. We still need to put that in practice. Amen? But I'm praying also for the next level. So great God, our Father in heaven, I pray that somehow, some way, through this message and through the rest of the time that we have together, that you would take our faith to the next level. Some of these things that have become stumbling blocks to us, whether they be political, uh, whether they be uh, spiritual, demonic, Father, whatever they are, you've, you have all the power. You have all the authority. And Lord, by your Spirit, you've given us power to tread on scorpions and serpents. So, Lord, if there are anything in our lives as individuals that we need to tread upon, Father, reveal that to us today. Father, that we may be more like Jesus and that the love of God, your love, God, would be evident in us, on us, and through us in all of our relationships, Father. Not just with those who treat us kindly, not just with those who we consider our brothers and or sisters, but, Father, for all. Father, this love, this supernatural, which is your essence, Father, let that be the rule in our lives because of everything that we do and say here today. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Happy Father's Day to the fathers and grandfathers in the house. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Um, (laughs) I don't know why. I'm just a little bit emotional in the moment. God, thank you. Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, we're going to be in Galatians. We're going to start off in Galatians chapter 6, and we'll end up there as well. In between, we'll be in Matthew, mostly Matthew chapter 13. Um, We'll give you time to to get there if you would. Um, 
but I can't waste a whole lot of time. And, and waste is probably not the right word. I can't spend a lot of time. Uh, so you may want to look it up later, okay? Some of it is going to be on the screens so you can see that I'm not embellishing on the word. <laughs> Hallelujah. So in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Now, many of us in this room that have been Christians for quite a long time, we understand, you know, that's spiritual law. And there's nothing anybody can do or say to change that. That's just the way it is. Now, some people who are not even born again or not even Christians, they understand that. Some people call it karma. Have anybody ever heard that term used? Yeah, karma. Good karma, bad karma. No, it's not karma. It's spiritual law. Whatever a person sows, that also shall he reap. He or she will reap. Amen? Spiritual law. God put that into existence. Just like, I'll, I'll just give you another example. You know, many of you who have done any kind of evangelical work have, have witnessed it all. And we did back in the old church when we were on Fifth Street, some of the, the outings and events that we had, we used the four spiritual laws, right? Just like there are physical laws in the universe that God has used and put in place, right? That govern the universe physically, i.e. gravity, uh, right? There are certain... There are also spiritual laws, right? Another spiritual law, the wages of sin is death. That's a spiritual law. Amen? Amen? Nothing can change that. God put that in place and he won't change that, right? But God himself also has given humans and he himself a supernatural ability that could defy physical law. Amen? Amen? Spiritual law can't be defied or it won't be changed. Amen? Okay, so do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever man sows that also he will reap. Spiritual law. So it's the law of sowing and reaping, which many of you are familiar with. Amen? But I I, I just want to say this, and and again, I know that I'm not saying things that many of you don't already know, but Jesus and the apostles, they also, in the word of God, they use agrian terms because people then, it was very understandable, right? And even still today, I mean, we know a tree by its fruit. That's very understandable, right? And I've used this, that's, and don't worry about MJ. He Praise the Lord, I need some help preaching, and MJ's helping me out. Hallelujah. So don't you all feel uneasy about it? We're good, amen? amen. Okay, so now, but if he needs a diaper change, that's... <laughs> I'm kidding. Listen, I, let, let me get back to being serious. <laughs> so, so listen, watch. So, again, you know, speaking in these agrian terms, and you've heard me use this uh, terminology before, this example. You know, the Bible tells us that uh, the tree will be known by its fruit, right? So many of us in this state specifically, we know that there are all different types of citrus trees. Now, they all, by the leaf and sometimes in growth habits, they all look very similar. So I I have a, a, a grapefruit tree in my backyard, and... So far, it's not given me many grapefruits, so it's about to be plucked up. But anyway, regardless, if you were to go to my yard right now, and it's already got some fruit on it, but it's green and it's small, you wouldn't know what type of citrus tree that is. Now, when that fruit ripens and it bears out, then you'll know. So the tree is known by its fruit. So, so again, all that to say, agrium terms are very much uh, needed and used, especially in that um, that era in that because when it was explained that way they could understand it and so we likewise can also understand those terms amen, amen. 
Okay, so that's very important. But now let me go to Luke real quick. Just write these down. Not all of these will be on the board, but many of them will, but you can check it out later. In Luke 6.38, here's what it says. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. Now this is Jesus speaking, amen? So this, this isn't just somebody, this is Jesus speaking this. So now in this particular situation, what, what, again, Jesus is talking about sowing something, giving, and it will be given back to you, but he's talking about a measure. He's talking about the amount. If you, you know, and then there's more scripture which we'll go into as well. Uh, and, and, and we'll go there right now, in fact. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 6, here's what the uh, Holy Spirit says through the Apostle Paul. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So you see that? Here's also part of spiritual law. So if you give or you sow, right, much, you'll reap much. Right? So again, spiritual law. Common sense kind of too. It makes logical sense. But again, in Agrian terms. Verse 7 of that uh, passage. So let each one give as he, pur- as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So what's that? Don't give because you think you have to. Don't give because you are expecting a return. Give because you're motivated by your heart. Amen? And don't give kind of... Uh, why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. Because God is looking at the motives of the heart, not just the gift, but the heart giving the gift. Amen? Amen. Again, that's, that's God speaking, right? And God, verse 8, is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Let me pause there for a minute. You see what? You, you see what God's purpose? God's revealed his purpose in there. He's giving to you. He's, he's, let, he's extending His grace toward you. Why? So that you're going to have enough for you and enough to do the work that He's called you to do. See, the blessing isn't for you, for me. The blessing is to be a blessing. Come on. See, I didn't expect you to jump up and down. And say, but do you understand that? And see, you and I both know, and I could refer and go back and forth on this all day long, but I won't. As it is written, verse 9, He has dispersed abroad, He has given to the poor, His righteousness endures forever. Now may He who supplies seed, there we go with that seed again, now He who pl- supplies seed to the sower, seed to the sower, so He's supplying the, His seed to us who He's called upon to sow, and bread for the food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. You see what He's saying there? So you sow the seed. He's giving us the seed. You sow the seed, but He's bringing the increase. Did you hear that? Isn't that what that scripture says? Okay, He's giving us seed. He expects us to sow it. And then He, because we've been faithful in sowing the seed, He will bring the increase. It's His responsibility to bring the increase. Amen? All right. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. So now watch. The Apostle Paul, speaking by the Holy Spirit, in our context, he's 
he's preparing the church at Corinth. He said, I'm going to come by, and the gifts that you promised, I'm going to be ready to go. I'm giving you a warning so that you have them ready to go because you've already promised them. And he uses Macedonia. He used the other saints as an example. They don't have anything, but they gave everything, right? I'm, I'm just giving you context here. So he's saying to them, I'm not forcing this upon you, but you said you would do this, so I want you to be prepared prepared, and then he's t giving them the spiritual principle that's involved. The things that you have are given to you by God, right? And so now when you sow, God is going to bring an increase, but the increase, watch, you're going to benefit by it, but more so, the people who receive it are going to be praying for you as you continue, I, I don't want to read the whole chapter to you. As you continue though, he'll say, the people that are going to receive it are going to give thanks because of the, the, the gifts that you gave, so they're going to pray for you and they're going to give glory to God. So the bottom line here is people are going to receive, but listen, God is going to get the glory. Amen. God is going to receive thanksgiving. Amen? Amen? This is an awesome, awesome thing, man. Awesome. <clears throat> so now, on that track, you see, is this tracking with anybody right now? So we're responsible to sow. We're responsible to do, and, and God provides for us the seed and and we sow. And we see, and that's why I said to you in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 13, uh, Jesus speaks these parables one after the other. So we're going to stand there for a, uh, just a few minutes. <clears throat> so again, sowing and reaping. And in the parables, these series of parables that Jesus speaks on in Matthew chapter 13, again, using Agrian terminology. Why? So it could be understood. And we see that in some of his explanations. Amen? So, uh, the first one is the, the I'm, I'm going to jump a little bit, so I won't give them to you in order, but the first one we're going to talk about is Matthew uh, 13, 24, wheat and tares. Remember, he's talking about the wheat and tares, uh, and, that, and, and beginning in verse 24, another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while the man slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, the tares also appeared. So, so the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not just sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So now look, we could talk about a bunch of different things here, but I, I don't want to go far and I don't want to take up a lot of time. But, but obviously, you know, we'll, we'll read what Jesus explains here in a second. And, and my brothers and sisters, it's very important that we kind of grasp this, but looking at it through spiritual eyes. So here's the explanation. He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, the sons and the daughters, the people of God, those who are born again. Amen? Amen. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. So my brothers and sisters, looking at this, there's going to be people that are coming up, that are indwelling the earth, that are good and wicked. There are also going to be those in the church who are not all, come on, the good seed. There are going to be wheat and tares. Now, I'm not going to linger here long, but I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, that's why it's so important to you and to I to understand what the Word of God says. And not when I say that, I don't mean just this Word that we've covered so far, but the whole Word. We have to understand what the truth is because you're, listen, you're hearing or understanding the truth makes the difference between being wheat or being a tear. And your desire, listen, your desire to love God, 
God chose to love you. God chose to love you and then he did something about it. Amen. What are we doing about it? Amen? So, so it's my responsibility to know what his truth says. Right? Right? Amen? Amen. Okay. So, so that's, that's pretty spot on, the, the wheat and the tares. So another parable, also in Matthew 13, beginning in verse 31. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed the least of the seeds is least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herb, and it becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. So you see what he's saying there? Right? This, this mustard seed is so small, but when it grows, it's none like any other herb. It actually grows into a tree. Amen? So there's this seed and it grows into this tree. Now, he's talking about the church. He's talking about us. The kingdom of the Lord. His kingdom. We're people of his kingdom. And he's saying that th this is how it goes. This is how it is. Hallelujah. But, uh, but again, speaking in Agrian terms, there's this seed that becomes something else. There's this seed and because God has, listen, because God has poured because God has brought the increase, it becomes something so big, so great, so powerful. Why? Because the seed started with God, and God's the one who brings the increase. Amen? Amen. Amen. So again now, uh, in Matthew, more toward the beginning. I'm going to begin in verse 3. Then he, Jesus, spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And he talks about the sower that went, goes by the wayside, some's thrown by the wayside, and finally those seeds are thrown on the good ground. And you remember, they ask, why do you speak in parables? Because it's for you to know, right? And so they don't understand, they being his closest disciples. So later on he goes over and he explains these parables to him. So what I'm going to read to you beginning in verse 18 of chapter 13 is the explanation given. Amen? Okay, so in verse 18... Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is who received the seed by the wayside. So, judging by that, what's the seed? The word of God. The word of God. So, you see what he's saying about the word? Okay, so the word of God, the seed that was just thrown by the wayside, he's, he's explaining that. That's what happens. Then, but then the enemy comes and snatches it away because it really didn't take root in the heart. Right? It was thrown by the wayside. Okay, so I could say a lot of things. But I won't. Verse 20. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy yet has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now here i got to say something. <clears throat> when tribulation or persecution arises, but not just any persecution or tribulation. Specifically, look at what it says, arises because of the word. See, my brothers and sisters, you've heard me say this before, and I, I've got to say it again. Sometimes we suffer circumstances or situations because we've been a jerk. 
uh, that's a theological term, that jerk is from the uh, Greek, jerkiotis, which... Now, do you understand what I'm saying? See, I'm, I'm going to speak in language that you can understand. Sometimes, if you're just being a jerk, it, it, things happen. Why? Because you're reaping what you just sowed. But now, think about this for a minute. What Jesus is saying in this is there's just going to be sometimes, listen, in this life, you're going to re listen, because you're now, I remember when I was first born again. I got, when I was first born again, I was zealous, but I didn't have knowledge. So now I'm, I'm, I'm damning everybody. Uh, you better quit smoking. Come on. I'm not the only one in this room. Uh-oh, you said a bad word. Uh-oh. Come on, I'm not the only one in this room. I was on fire for God, but I didn't have a lot of knowledge. and I didn't know how to minister. I was just pointing out everybody's sins and saying, uh-oh, you better change, otherwise you're going to go to hell. I'm not going to hell anymore. I've changed. No. <laughs> Uh, come on, are you with me? Okay, so now and, uh, there's, there's people that I'm, I'm rubbing the wrong way. Now, I can understand that in my immaturity and my zealousness, but this is speaking to, now, you know what? You're trying to live life right. How many of you, when you were born again, you refrained from doing some things in the presence of some friends or family members, and immediately they lambasted you? They weren't congratulating you. They weren't giving you a compliment about changing your ways. Oh, what do you think? You're better than us? Has that ever happened to anybody in this room? Okay, so now here's what this scripture is saying to us. So that's suffering or that's tribulation or persecution for the word's sake. Because you now have a word that's been given to you, a truth that's been spoken into your heart by the Holy Spirit, and you're trying to live it out. And because you're trying to live it out, you're rubbing some people the wrong way. But this word says, <clears throat> immediately he stumbles. Why? Because, listen, the, it, was, it, was, it didn't take root. You know, you had it, but you, have it, you had it in a superficial way. You didn't really grasp onto it and say, okay, this is me, this is mine. It was still an, an external concept where you thought, okay, now I could start changing or modifying my behavior. But the, the first time something happens, <sighs> come on. Has, now, has that ever happened to anybody? Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't the, the word, we, we have to hang on to this, grasp on to this word, amen? amen? All right. Verse 23. But he... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, 22. I, I apologize. I'm, I'm sorry. I lost my place there. Now, he who received the seed among the, the thorns is he who hears... Uh, the word and the cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Okay, it doesn't say that he's fa fallen. It just says this seed is there and there's, it's choking out the word because of the cares of this life and there's no fruit being produced through that life. Why? Because this, the cares... Now, I'm going to tell you honestly, there have been definitely seasons in my life where that is the case. And you're worried about your kids, you're worried about your grandkids, you're worried about whatever. Or, you, you know, the next job or this or that, you got to, come on, you start letting the cares of this life, right, snatch the joy out of you, snatch the joy of your salvation out of you. And so all of a sudden, the fruit that God has intended to be produced through your life can't be produced. Why? Because you're letting all these thorns and thistles get in the way. It's blocking out. Come on. Amen. Right? 
So, so bad report from the doctor here. Uh, I've got some pain and, and some deficiencies there. Uh, my kids are acting a fool over here. And, you know, uh, listen, God is not saying that you shouldn't care for all of these things. But here's what he does say. Cast your cares upon me because I care for you. Isn't that what he said? Did anybody else read that part in the Bible? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So look, if I can, listen, if I can grasp that word, see, there's a word that we have to hang on to. Cast your cares upon me because I care for you. So there's one of those words that has to get down and get rooted in my heart and I have to have faith for that. I have to understand, well, that's the word of God and he said that and it's true so I just have to do it, follow through with it. Come on. Right? And again, that's a seed that's been sown in your heart. The seed what? That word. How about this one? Uh, I love this scripture. I, I quote it to my grandkids a lot. I, I, anybody who will listen, listen. Proverbs 3. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. He'll direct your paths. If I can hang on to that, if I could, but trust in Him. The first thing is trust in Him. In all my, come on, you see? Amen. Hallelujah. So I've got to know that that's true and I've got to follow it. That thing, and can't be shaken. So when things are going wrong, uh-oh, it's not working. No, no, no. It's still working. It's still working. Are you wheat or are you a tear? Because if you're a good seed, if, <laughs> if, you're, that, if you're that wheat, there's going to be fruit. Right. You just got to hang, baby. There's going to be fruit. God intended you to produce fruit. And He's not going to leave you standing alone. You just stand with Him and that fruit will come. Amen? He brings the increase. Hallelujah. 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 Now 23. But he who received the seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some 100, some 60, some 30. You see that? 100, come on, 60, 30. There's going to be this increase. It's, it's exponential. Now, I want to tell you, <coughs> this message is awesome. And the first couple of scriptures that I gave to you, Addie, would you please uh, go back real quick uh, to Luke 6, 38? Give, and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, listen, my brothers and sisters, thank you, Addie. Um, I'm hearing these things and I've heard this since I've been in uh, the Christian uh, faith for a long time and you try to watch Christian TV or you hear certain messages preached and they'll take these scriptures and they'll use them to try to raise funds. Okay, I'm not saying that you shouldn't give to charities. You shouldn't give to Christian ministries. In fact, I believe you should. I believe the principle is already in the Bible. In fact, we referred to one early on, right? In Corinthians, remember just a little while ago. So, my brothers and sisters, it's not about that. But when, it, when God is talking about giving increase exponentially, He's not saying that if you give, like they'll say, y'all, there's about to be this breakthrough, you give the $1,000, and even if you have to put it on your credit card, they're taking it. But here, and, and then God's going to bring in the increase. God's not talking about that. 
He's talking about the harvest that he has in mind, not the harvest that you have in mind. Remember, it's about his work. It's about what he's bringing. It's about his harvest. It's not about my harvest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's why the apostle is so specific by the Holy Spirit in speaking to them. Don't give grudgingly. Don't give expecting a return but give because, my brothers and sisters, give because it's your nature now to give. It's because your Heavenly Father now living inside of you by His Spirit. Now it's, it's in your nature to give. Amen? Oops, sorry. You give, I said sorry to the stool. You believe that? Yeah. You, you give nature. It's your nature now. So you, get, so you give. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not expecting anything, but he's the one who brings the return. And the return is not going to look like maybe what some of you have in mind. Come on. And what you have in mind may speak to your motive. Uh-oh. Man, I want to tell you, uh, I, I don't know if... I, I, was con I was meditating one night. I, I, I couldn't sleep. I'm praying. I'm, I'm, I'm just prayed out. I'm, pr I'm repeating prayers, the same things over and over. I go out into the living room. I don't know. It was about 2 o'clock in the morning. Whatever. Turn on Christian TV. And man, there's a guy who's preaching a great message about um, sowing and reaping. And, and man, I'm it's, it, this guy, is, he's saying the right thing. But then at the end, he was asking for donations. So he turned a great message into something that it was never meant to be. Amen. Just to raise money. So look, I'm not getting you riled up or trying to get you angry about the charlatans or anything like that. But what I'm saying is it's our job to sow and then he brings the increase and he's going to increase exponentially over what we sowed. Amen. And it's his job to do that. It's not your job to do that. It's your job to sow. And then leave the rest to him. But see, sometimes, you know, Tony, if you're like Tony at all, I mean, you've got to see something. So now I've sown the seed, and now I don't see this return. I need to maybe do something else. And see, my something else may not be at all what God had intended, so now I'm inhibiting the growth. I'm inhibiting the multiplication. Why? I'm getting in the way. And, and I'll be honest with you, a lot has to do with kids and grandkids and all that, or just witnessing to certain people. Even if you have people, man, you've been witnessing and sharing, but they've never, and, and for me, this is huge. You, 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 you give an altar call and nobody responds. Okay, let me, let, me, uh, let me stay here a little longer. Let me preach a little more. Let me bring something else up so I can get somebody to come to the front to give their life to the Lord, because after all, isn't that why I'm here? No, I'm actually here to give His Word, plant the seed. And let him bring the increase. Amen. By the way, your job is to bring and fill these seeds. Because you're supposed to be planting seed out there. And then the seed that you're planting gets people wondering, man, there's something different about that folk. I need to go and see what's going on over there. Come on. Okay, so my brothers and sisters, it's our job to, to sow the seed. It's our job to sow the seed and, uh, and, and just uh, listen and have faith and trust that he's going to bring the increase. Amen? Amen? Okay, we agree. So now let's go. 1 Peter chapter 1 beginning in verse 22. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit 
in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So now look, we have two, at least two very strong um, illustrations here where the word and the seed are tied together. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. And, and, and then let me give you a third one. Okay? In the beginning was the, the word was with God and the word was God. It's our, when we're ministering Jesus, we're ministering the word. Without ministering, they're, they're, he's not separate from his word. Amen? So I know you know this. So the seed that we're planting, the gospel is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the good news of Jesus. Amen? So we have to minister the word, Jesus. Amen? The word, Jesus. I'm holding up the Bible for those who are listening and can't see. I'm holding up the Bible. The word. In the beginning was the word. This is the whole truth. Old Testament, New Testament. Jesus said, my words are spirit in their life. Jesus also said to those who were the lawyers of his time, the, the religious experts of his time, you search the scriptures, because in them you think you'll find eternal life. He's not talking about the New Testament. The New Testament wasn't written yet. So what's he talking about? He's talking about the Old Testament, the law and the prophets. You search the scriptures, because in them you think you'll find eternal life. They speak of me. So what am I saying? Jesus, the word yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Hallelujah. We'll never, listen, it's incorruptible. And that's how we're born again. We're born again. We're born again by the word and the spirit. We're born again because we have this, listen, because we have this in us. This word that's been deposited in us and we believe and we come and we, listen, we kneel at the foot of the cross and realize that we must, we absolutely have to repent. Go another way. Amen? And then we follow Jesus. And look, I want to bring your attention. Thank you, Addy, for leaving up there. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, the word. How do you purify your souls? By obeying the truth. You have to know what the truth is and then obey it. Isn't that right? Okay, so your soul becomes purified. Your soul is heaven ready because you obey the truth. And how do you do that? On your own? No, through the Spirit. Amen? And how, how long have we been in, in teachings of the Holy Spirit? Being their teacher to lead God and direct us. Amen? And the power that we have. Remember last week, even the power that God has given us by His Spirit. Amen? But it's through His Word and His Spirit. Amen? Look at With a pure heart. How can I have a pure heart? Well, I'm not just doing... Remember, I'm not just doing this so that I can gain favor with God. I'm not doing this for selfish motives. My heart is pure. I love God. And because I love Him, I'm going to do what He asks me to do. Why? Because I love Him. That's it. Amen? Okay. <clears throat> Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, through the Word of God. I'm born again because... And I know the truth by the Word. And because I know it, I do it. He's given me His Spirit to do it. To function. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Amen. So, so I, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, I, I need to be able to explain to some of the folks here, you know, what does this look like? How, where, where's an example? The only example that came to my heart and mind, and I'd like to think this is Holy Spirit. Um, remember Cain and Abel? Okay. So, so uh, my brothers and sisters... God had demanded something, right? We know because this is a spiritual law. 
without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. Isn't that right? Isn't that what the Word says? Amen? That's why Jesus shed His blood once for all. In His blood, the remission of sins for everyone. Amen? Okay, but before that, that's the old Jewish law, there had to be that sacrifice that was made. Uh, right? The Day of Atonement. Amen? You all remember that? So now God had already given that to Adam and Eve. How do we know that? It says that He slayed animals. He Himself, God, slayed animals and covered them with the skins of the animals. God shed the blood so that he, they, they could still live. They were dead spiritually, but they were still alive physically. Right? And that was passed down so that Cain and Abel knew. They knew. So when it was time to give sacrifice to God, we know what happened. Abel sacrificed the animals like he was supposed to. He spilled the blood in atonement for sin. Cain, Cain bought the fruit of his labor. You know, God, God should be happy with these vegetables that I'm bringing him and these fruits that I'm bringing him. That, that should satisfy God. That's my sacrifice to God. I'm get, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to say, let, let me create a little narrative here. And I'm not saying this is exactly what happened. But just think about this because I'm, I know how humans are. Okay? So, so uh, Cain, I'm going to get the, first, I'm gonna, the best fruit. I'm going to give him the biggest apples. I'm going to give him the biggest pears. You know, the, the wheat, I'm going to give him the best looking. I'm going to give him that all to God. And he'll be happy with that. He should be. He should be happy with that. That should satisfy God. Is that tracking with anybody right now? If I do this, this will prove to God how much I love Him. This will prove to God how much I've changed. This will prove to God that He's number one in my life. Well, wait a minute. God is saying, obey His truth. Not what you think should satisfy. You know, not your hard work or your effort. God says, obey His truth. Amen? So now, here you have that. And so, listen, when, when, when Cain appears before God, he, you know, hey, and Cain responds to God. Do you believe how he responds to God? You know, he's upset. Why are you, why are you upset? Didn't you know what you were supposed to do? I'm paraphrasing, of course. Didn't you know? Where's your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? Are you kidding me? You're going to break bad with God because you just messed up? Come on. So doesn't that show you where his heart is? For real? See, the sacrifice that he thought was great, it was his effort. He's bringing his increase. But he forgot. Or it was never in his heart to begin with. This is about the God of all eternity. The God of everything. The one who spoke us into existence. This is about him. The one who holds everything in the palm of his hand. He forgot that. No, God, you should be satisfied with what I'm bringing. You should, listen, you should bless me because of what I'm bringing. You should bless me because of how I've changed. You should bless me because of this. You should give the increase because of that. Wow. So now let's go back to Galatians where we started. Remember, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that also will he reap. Do you understand that? God is not mocked. See, you may, you, you may bring the acceptable gift for whatever that may be. But if, listen, 
But God knows the intentions of your heart. And in that case of Cain and Abel, Cain could, he broke bad. God is not mocked. God knows. When he asked about his brother, he already knew. He's given him an opportunity. Amen? So how many times has that happened in our lives? God already knows the intention of our heart, but something happens. He gives us space. But it's too hard for us to admit, I messed up. Or, come on, it's just proud. It's just pride. Lack of humility. Or, could it be, my brothers and sisters, that that word of God, that truth, hasn't taken root in our heart? So now let's go further because I think we're going to get more of an explanation. Listen, when I, I want to give you some context first because in that scripture, do not be deceived, God is not mocked for whatever man sows, that he will re- also reap. I want, you should read in chapter 5, parts of 6, this will give you context, Okay. In Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16, some of it will be on the board. Just write it down and please check it out. I say then, walk in the Spirit, capital S, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other. So that you do not know the things that you wish. Do you not do the things that you wish? Please excuse me. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do you see what he said there? Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. There's no exception, except if. There's no if. What he's saying is those who continue in those things will not go to heaven. So I, I can't tell you, well, what about grace, Pastor Tony? Grace is not the ability to do these things and still make heaven. Grace is the ability to understand these things are designed to kill you and give you power over these things. That's grace. Amen? Well, you know, don't jump up and down and shout hallelujah. What's wrong? Look at verse 22. Contrary now. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires... If, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So now, I'm, I'm looking at these scriptures in their totality, totality and I, I went back. So now, remember what it said. Don't go back there. Just listen to me. In First Peter, remember where we read just a little while ago, in verse 23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the Word of God. Watch. Hadn't been born again. You who were dead in your sins and trespasses, he made alive. Isn't that what the scripture tells us? We were physically alive, but spiritually dead. But look, look, if we live in the spirit, so this is now not just talking about how we walk. You know how I know that? Let us also walk in the spirit. 
You see that? So this is, if, we've been, if you're born again, if you've been made alive in the Spirit, then you should be walking, you should live out your life in the Spirit. Amen. Let me read it again, because some of you are looking at me like I'm speaking Chinese up here. If we live in the Spirit, so we've been born again, we have new life, let us also walk in the Spirit, Let's, let us also live the new life. Is anybody following that? Okay. Hallelujah. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So now, again, i got to go backwards. I, I, let's go forward, but we're going back to where we started. In Galatians 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, you're sowing, that, also, that, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Okay, so I want to say something right here. Jesus said, this, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that they might have life and have it, my, have it more abundantly. So now, listen, this everlasting life, it's not just talking about when we die and go to heaven. Is that part of it? Absolutely is part of that. But everybody's going to live forever. Even those who choose not to follow Christ, they'll be in torment forever. The Bible says that, not Tony. So don't get mad at me. Don't write me letters. Don't write me emails. I ain't going to read them. That's what the Bible says. So that's what I believe. How could a loving God do that? He didn't do that. Whoever makes those decisions to go that way, they've made it themselves. In fact, he's done everything he could for you not to go that way. Okay, so now that's done. But my brothers and sisters, listen to this. Listen to this. Okay? Listen. <clears throat> this, is, this is talking again of sowing. Sowing and reaping. Okay? So now, <clears throat> if I'm sowing to the flesh, of the flesh I'm going to reap corruption, but if I'm sowing to the Spirit, I reap everlasting life. Again, not necessarily just going to heaven. It's I'm enjoying that abundant life here. What's the abundance? I have everything that I name and claim. That's what it says. No. Yes, it's abundant. God, you know, God, Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that I have life, I have it more abundantly. No. Again, don't, we, don't you remember? He's bringing the increase, and the increase is according to what He's purposed and planned. And sometimes the best that is produced is when we, listen, when we have joy in suffering. Sometimes when we have joy, in fact, most times, there's more fruit in that than just living it and riding it out. Good times. I'm a good time Christian. I'm a carnal Christian. Everything's going well. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. No. It's, it's in the times when we're suffering and we still, hallelujah, praise the Lord, but not phony. Because remember, remember, God sees the heart. God, it's not sounding too good right now. God, I've sown and I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing this, this, this harvest. I'm not seeing the results of sowing. Uh, are you really watering? Or what are you doing, God? You know, no, it's being in the middle of that and still trusting God. God, you said that there will be an increase, so Lord, in my, listen. <laughs> God, I'm not seeing it right now, and I'm not feeling it right now, but I still trust your word. Something, God, in my flesh right now, I want to be discouraged. But Lord, I trust your word, so help me in my weakness right now. Help me. The kids are acting a fool. It doesn't look like they're going to make it. But you promised me, Lord, so help me, Lord. And Lord, give me wisdom in this moment to say what needs to be said, to plant the seeds properly. 
or to plant the proper seeds. Amen. Amen. Lord, I don't know what else to do, but Lord, I trust that you will... It says that he makes it to rain on the just and the unjust. He make, he's the one that brings the, the former and the latter rain. He's the one that brings the harvest. It's his job to line up all of the things that have to take place in order for that harvest to be reaped. Now, he needs laborers, right? So it may be that God is going to use a youth pastor for your young person. It may be that God is going to use someone else to help to bring the water. You planted the seed, someone else is going to bring some water by God. Amen? Hallelujah. Nevertheless, we have to trust. And I'm going to receive that life now. When I can trust and obey, I could see that he's going to bring a harvest. I could see what he promised he'll deliver, regardless of circumstances or situations. And now look, watch, verse 9. Look at verse 9 with me. Did I give you that, Addy? Thank you very much. And let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Do you see what he's saying right there? That's what I just said. What he's saying is, look, it's go sometimes it's going to take a while. It's sometimes it's going to... Look what he's Look, he's encouraging. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Keep doing what you've been called to do. Keep doing it. For in due season we shall reap. Don't lose heart. Because even though it doesn't look good, I've determined the season. His timing is perfect. It's hard for me to... Listen, I've got to be honest with you. It's hard for me to grasp and hang on to that concept that His timing is perfect. And I need to wait... The faith is in the waiting. The faith is in the waiting. If I really trust in Him, how can I say I really trust in Him? God, if you don't do this soon, I've got to do something else. Then that's showing that I really don't trust in Him. Amen. Come on. So, so the faith is in the waiting. But see, in due season, when God determines, God is the one that determined when that fruit is ripe for the harvest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have any of you ever eaten something that wasn't quite ripe? How's it taste? No good. See, something might look good, but just because it looks good doesn't mean that it will taste good. See, my brothers and sisters, some, this is God. God is the one who determines the seasons. God is the one who brings the increase. God is the one who decides when that harvest is ready to be harvested or when that fruit is ready to be harvested. He's the one bringing the fruit. We sow the seed. Are you there? So, so watch. Sometimes, my brothers and sisters, we nullify the blessing of the Lord because we short-circuit the thing. We short-circuit the thing. Amen? I almost apologized again. I we short-circuit the thing. Amen. Why? 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 Because, listen, we sowed the seed. And now we have to let God perform what He's supposed to. He has to bring the increase. But what are we sowing? Let's think about this. When we sow, what are we actually sowing? The Word. Thank you, my brother. We've got to sow according to the Word. Hallelujah. Therefore, verse 10, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. 
See, he's not speaking only to material possessions here. He's not speaking about, you know, he's talking about being effective. He's talking about us ministering to one another. Helping us in the, you know what, someone's going through a hard time and we minister truth to one another, standing on the word. Sometimes you have to be reminded of a word. And so, listen, I've had people tell me, oh, yeah, okay, that sounds good. Or they'll yes me to death, but they're really not listening. See, that, that's someone who's not, he's refusing to receive that seed. I, I can't do anything about that. The only thing I could do is, see, I can't, when I try to placate, or I try to say to somebody, oh, it's okay to be miserable. It's okay. You know, God, no, I'm not going to do that. I may, I, may, I may empathize with them. Not sympathize. I may empathize with them. I'm empathizing with them. I feel pain, genuine pain, because they're in pain. So now I know what, would, what I need to make it right. What do I need? I need uh, Michelle to rub my hair and tell me everything's going to be fine. No, I need the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. I need the Word of God because at the end of this, there should be some kind of a fruit. There should be some kind of a harvest. The only thing that can bring the harvest is truth. The only thing that can bring the fruit that God has ordained is His truth. So I'm going to come up alongside somebody who I'm empathizing with, and I'm going to tell them what the Word of God says about that. And I'm going to tell them, I may have a, a witness, I may have a testimony. I suffered some of these issues. And I want to tell you, even when I didn't want to believe or trust, I mean, against everything, I just put all my faith and trust in God, and God delivered. The enemy of our soul is overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen? So there's going to be times when I just have to tell you that I, I felt some of that pain. I've raised kids. I've had jobs. I've been fired. I mean, I've had all of those things happen in my life. And guess what? Through it all, God remained faithful. And here I stand before you. Do I look like I'm starving? Do I look like I'm doing without anything? Come on. No. I'm standing here in good health as far as I know. Come on. Look a lot younger than I actually am. Hallelujah. But you'd have to laugh. You could have said amen. amen. Thank you. So my brothers and my sisters, special blessing on her. So, this, so my brothers and my sisters, think, think about that for one moment. Come on. The word of God, that God has already performed something in each of your lives. If you're born again, you can testify of that. I used to be this, but God has changed me. The power of God has overshadowed me. And there's been, listen, this is what it says, that we were born of, remember the scripture. That we're born again, not of corruptible seed, but by the word that lives and abides forever. Amen. So you could testify of that if nothing else. And everything that that's done inside of you. So maybe you're a young person and you haven't had that first firing yet. Or you haven't had that child that you had to you know, pray for till the wee hours of the morning and cry about. Or you haven't had you know, that, that first bill that you just don't know where you're going to get the money from. Or you haven't had that first big relationship that totally disappointed you and you had that total heartbreak. Maybe that's not you. But I'm telling you, keep living. Amen. Keep living. Amen. Because it will happen. Or you're just, you're just speaking negative into my life, Tony. No, I'm not. Jesus said that. In this world, you'll have trouble. And didn't he just say that? When especially now, my brothers and sisters, my young brothers, my young sisters, hear me. 
God has called you to live the Word just as much as He's called me to live the Word. Just because I'm in this pulpit, yeah, is it more incumbent upon me to live what I preach? Absolutely. God has made it very clear. But the Word that you know, you are responsible for. So I feel sorry for my grandchildren and my children. I feel sorry for some of y'all. Because you can't say that you didn't hear it. So now that Word of God that should be alive in you and abide forever is now what separates you from everybody else. Now you sh- there should be fruit in your life. And listen, let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, I've pr- you don't understand, Tony. I've prayed about this thing and prayed and prayed and prayed, and I just don't say That's okay. That's okay. God has to give the increase. If you're sincere and you're praying, and you're praying especially for someone else, keep praying. I pray for my kids. I pray for my grandkids. I can't pray. Listen, when I stand here, I'm not trying to tell you that, oh, my kids are drowsy. My grandkids are... I'm just giving you examples because these are life situations. My grandkids are... Yeah. <laughs> no. Think about this, though. Think about this. You know, I, I, I've been unemployed. I, I haven't ever... I've got to take these menial jobs. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm making a decision. I've got, I got college coming up. Or I've got this going on. I've got that going on. You know, I've got this friend in my life, that friend in my life. I just... You know, when you're trying to live the Word of God, you become a target. So that word that you have, this truth that you have in you, man, it's non-negotiable. So now you know it. And it's going to live and abide forever regardless of whether you adhere to it or not. It's going to live and abide forever. So now watch. God will bring the increase. I'm praying that God will bring the increase in all of us for whatever word has been delivered today, whatever word has been delivered to us in the last little while, that God will bring the increase, that He's going to bring the water. But if you're on your knees or if you're crying and you're meditating on something and my brothers and sisters, you've prayed about it and you, I want you to be encouraged. Thank you, Lord. Be encouraged. There's nothing you can do. Once you've witnessed, once you've used the word of God, once the truth has been established, you can't do anything about it. God will water. God will bring the increase. And God will send somebody to reap the harvest. Amen? Hallelujah to God. And if you don't trust that, my brothers and sisters, then you're going to be awfully, awfully disappointed. Because the more you try to do, and the more you blame yourself, the worse it will be. My kids will tell you, man, they had a perfect dad. No, the fact is, I wasn't. And if I had it to do all over again, would I try to change some things? Yeah, with what I know now, absolutely. I know more now about Christ than I did when I was raising my kids. Would I ch- but I can't. I can't unscramble any eggs that I've broken. And I can't go back and change anything. But here's what I can do. Continue to live according to what God has placed in me now. Continue to plant seed. And continue to beg Him to, listen, continue to beg Him to bring water. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, let me ask you, is there anyone in here that feels that same way? Amen. 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 See, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter whether you have kids or grandkids. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you, if you have the Word of God abiding in you, God expects, God expects there to be fruit. And there is going to be a harvest. If you stand on the Word of God and you continue to partner with Him, you continue to do your part. He will do his part. Amen. He will. Amen? Amen. Amen. So listen, I'm going to say a quick prayer over that and then we're going to do communion. So as is our custom, and those of you who are watching, if you'd like to, I really hope and pray that you would have communion with us. So take a moment, grab your elements, bread, 
If you don't have grape juice, water, anything, just to, it's not going to matter. What matters is where our hearts are. Amen? Amen? Okay, that's why we don't use real wine. Listen, what matters is where our hearts are. But now, let's pray about this. Something in you was stirred through this message. You've been praying about something, or you know even in your own life, there's this area that's been lacking. And you've done everything you knew to do. You looked up all the scriptures, and you tried to stand on this, and you tried to... St Can we give that to God right now? Once and for all. Can we? So if that's you, put up your hand. Thank you. Hands all over the place. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. But it doesn't matter what I appreciate. What matters is God knows now the desires of your heart. No, and not just silent. That you were, listen, that you were faithful enough and humble enough to raise your hand. That's awesome. Will you take the next step and stand if you can? Anybody who raised your hand, stand? Or you feel compelled? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Great God, our Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, for this word. Lord, I thank you so much for this word. Father, thank you for your forgiveness, for your mercy, so that even someone like me, who's so inadequate, can preach a word and allow you to move on folks' hearts. Lord, I thank you that right now, even now, that your spirit is hovering, your spirit is moving over us. Lord, I pray that this word that you've now delivered will come alive in us. And Lord, those things that we've been placing before you and some of these things that we've been worrying about, some of these things, Father, that we've expected to see miracles, signs, and wonders over, Father, we recommit those to you now in this moment, Father, giving you full trust. Father, as we plant seed, as we plant seed, Father, that you will bring the increase. So Lord, I pray a special anointing that the seed we plant will be your word. Not our word, not our emotions, but Father, help us to be faithful in your word so that when we're addressing the people that you've put in our atmosphere and you called upon us to plant seeds in their life, it will be all done by your word, which lives and abides forever. Whether it be our children, whether it be our classmates, whether it be the folks we work with, Father, no matter who that you've put in our atmosphere, Father, help us to sow seed, your seed, your word, which lives and abides forever. Father, I pray all this in Jesus' name, and thank you, Father, that today we have a new trust, a new anointing to trust you to water and bring the increase. All in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen, amen. and amen. You may be seated. So now just a quick moment. Just We won't do this long. I want anybody and everybody who would like to participate in communion to come up very quickly and grab your elements. And we're going to do this. We've run a little bit longer than I would have liked to. And if you would like to serve somebody, your wife, husbands, if you want to serve your wives, uh, children, however you want to do it, please, if you would move quickly. And I apologize that this might seem rushed. And for you at home who are viewing, please get your elements. Hallelujah. 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 Kalabakatasha. Kesoyandibiki. Kolo yopoko. Hallelujah.
Halleluja. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Sorry about the noise, folks. Hallelujah. If you would, just take a moment. Just take a moment. I know we've prayed, and I know your mind and your heart is on the Lord. But I'm going to ask, and for me as well as you, if there's anything that we fail to confess before God that we... Confess it. If you know that there's something that's between you and, and God, just confess it. He'll, if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. And we want to go into this totally clean. Amen? Amen. Great God and Father in heaven, Father, I thank you for forgiveness and for mercy. Father, help us not to abuse your mercy and your grace to continue in presumptuous sin, but rather, Father, whether it be something that we continue to stumble over or something that's new, Father, we commit it to you and we ask that you would remove it from our lives. Father, we're weak, but you're strong. So we ask you, Lord, to be strong in our weakness. Father, our desire is to serve you in spirit and in truth. Our desire is to be pure and righteous and holy, but we can't do it without you. So in those areas of our lives, Father, where we failed, please be strong. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. amen. So my brothers and sisters, we know that when we do this, we are identifying with the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in Corinthians it says that we remember his death when we do this. And we remember, what do we, that brutal death that he died, what do I want to remember about that? Well, well he was wounded for our transgression. He was, he was beaten for my sin, for the things that I've done. And, and you know what I really remember? I didn't deserve it, but he did it. You know what I remember? That's how he feels about me. That's how he feels about you. So I remember that body that was broken. <laughs> and I thank you, Lord Jesus, that even though I stink on ice, you chose to be broken, your body to be broken, endure all of that pain and suffering because you love me. So Lord, help us never to forget the intense love that you have for us and help us, Lord, by your Spirit to serve you better because of the intense love that we should have for you. Bless this element in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Take and eat. And the example that we have in Scripture that last supper that he had with his disciples. Again, he talked about that being the, the blood. We know that it's spiritual law. Without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. So he had to shed his blood once for all. Amen? Amen. Perfect blood. Hallelujah. 
a new covenant. A new covenant that God has with... I've got the chill bumps. I'm hot as I could be right now, but I have the chill bumps all over me. Think about this. It wasn't just the blood that was shed to take away our sins. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. But he also now has this new covenant. This new covenant that he sealed with his own blood. This new covenant better promises. Hallelujah. We now have his spirit dwelling inside of us because of the blood that he shed and because of the covenant that he made. Amen? So Lord Jesus, we honor you. We thank you, Lord, for spilling your blood that we might be sin-free. But also, Lord, we thank you for the covenant. Lord, we know that you are a covenant keeper. Lord, I beg you in the name of Jesus to help us all take this covenant so seriously and help us, Lord, that we might participate, Father, faithfully in your covenant. In Jesus' name, take and drink. Hallelujah. 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 So my brothers and sisters, again, I wish I could sing. I'd love to sing a song right now, but I'll probably hurt your ears. But can we do this? Can we just say, thank you, Lord, in your own way? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for everything that you've done. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you for your truth. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. And we ask that you be with us as we go. And be with us tomorrow, the day after. However many days we have left on this earth, Lord, be with us that we may... Lord, that we may be faithful in sowing seed and waiting for you and trusting you to bring the harvest. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you. Go in peace. Have a great week.